What's up, Zaw Nation? My name's Wyatt Troy, and welcome to episode 35 of Behind the Dock, where we interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level to get inside their heads, gather the best information, and then bring it back to you. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Dock, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time. If you're interested in that, there's a link in the description. And the best part of all of this is that it's free. Forever, no matter what. Our only request is that if you enjoy this podcast and it's really helping you along your musical journey, go ahead and check out the Behind the Daw Patreon and consider supporting the channel for just $1 a month. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to talk, you can contact me at Wyatt at BehindTheDaw.net. All right, Daw Nation, let's get into it. I just want to give a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all the patrons. If you want to have a private community that's based around in the Dom behind the Dom, where you can share your tracks, where you can get feedback, where you can learn about the newest and the best things in the industry, it's all part of the Patreon, man. If you want to keep climbing the ladders all the way up to like private lessons and you coming on the show, but hey, like I'm not even mad. So go ahead and check that out. Links will be in the description. I got I got three deep questions for you. Oh yes. First big deep question is that if you're on the earth and you keep going north, you'll eventually go south, correct? I think so. <laughs> but if you go west, you'll always go west and you'll never go east. How, how, how is that possible? Because we rotate on a horizontal axis, right? Oh, we, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that answer it properly? I don't know how that would answer it, though. You know what I mean? Like, why, why about a horizontal axis would dictate why one direction changes and one does not? See what I'm saying? Because because we don't spin vertically, so you could go to the other side. I know that there is the answer. I do know the answer, but if you can come up with the answer, there is an answer for it. There is an answer. All right, let me let me try to wrap my head head around this one more time. <laughs> I think you got me. You got me. The reason why, and this 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 took me years to figure out why, is because the reason why is because we have points of references on the north and the south part of the earth. We have the north pole and the south pole. Once you, you know, once you hit that point of reference, then it changes. If you just keep walking one direction, boom. But we have no point of reference on on the east and west. You know what I mean? You're getting close. You're getting so close. I was I was almost there. You're smart because, dude. Uh, <laughs> this dude. This is the question that I'm probably most excited for, so I'm actually going to hold off to the end. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you a different a different one. So this is a classic okay. question, a question that I just blows my mind every time. So have you heard that like each person on earth, including you and me, we could technically be seeing different colors right now and we would never know it. What, was there not a way to prove that? How, how could you though? I think I think there's like a scientific study on like reference, like the same thing with like references. I think you could, I'm not exactly sure, but I think you could test for that. But yeah, I mean, we could. Man, cause if we can, that would be absolutely amazing. Cause yeah, if I grew up thinking that your green is my red, I would have no way to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've had this question come up a couple of times. It's crazy to think about because I have a couple of friends that are uh, colorblind too, or like kind of colorblind, like they don't see certain colors. So I've always wondered what's that, what that's like. Yeah, that's true. So there's already proof that there's people out there who that already yeah. see different colors. What? Oh my gosh. Wow, I haven't thought about that for, for a hot minute. So that is lovely. All right. Well, I don't know if they, they don't see different ones. They just that don't see some. that's so yeah you're right it's not it's not an additive thing it's a it's a subtractive thing yeah but have you seen that uh the thing on youtube about the mantis shrimp or whatever that has like 10 times as many cone yeah, rods as dude. us in, in its yeah. eyes for everyone listening go on youtube and type in mantis shrimp vision or something like that and listen to that here's the big one you ready for the big question the question that i've been waiting so long to ask you because I'm, this is so good i've never heard anything like this before you ready okay so let's say you marry my mom you would be my stepdad, correct? I would be your dad, yes. I already like this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you married my mom and became my stepdad, but then I married your mom, would that mean that I would be your stepdad as well? So I would be the stepdad's stepdad? Oh, wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, It's the logic is there. I will say that. <laughs> so like we would both simultaneously be each other's stepsons and step dads yeah i think that's the only explanation for it is that we're just both dads and both sons do you feel warmed up now do you feel like those questions really got you in the mind state yeah i'm gonna be hung up on the dad thing for a while but um let's do it thank you so much for coming on the show man and for representing fomo because garrett is at his day job right now what the heck does he do for a day job 
he works at a bank, so he'll be uh, exchanging currencies. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was like going to be able to make it, but um, he's got to be there today, so I'll take it over. So what does he do at the bank? I'm not sure exactly what his position is, but um, he's there. You're in a producing duo with this guy, and you don't even know what he does. <laughs> no, we just talk about him? we don't talk about day job stuff because <laughs> it sucks. Absolutely. So really quick to to kind of break the ice, you know what I mean? We've got you in the deep mindset, but now we kind of just got to break all those barriers that you have and just so that you, everything can just flow. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I need you to share with us what is the most embarrassing story of your life? Because if you get that out of the way, then you can say anything you want. I really want to think about this one for a second. This is a really good thing for dates. If you want dates, just get that out of the way. Just be like, what's the most embarrassing thing? You both share it. Just it's there. I'm pretty good at laughing myself, at laughing at myself. So this is this is a difficult one. That's so awesome. That is such a good trait. Okay, so one of the ones that comes to mind. I don't know if this is the most embarrassing, but it's kind of it's it's pretty embarrassing. So this is like so the club we play at in San Diego. It's called Omnia Nightclub, and this is like one of the first times we headlined. We hit the play button on like the second drop. Like we, while the drop song was playing we hit the play button on like the second drop and then like the music just cut within like a minute of us going Ooh. on and then we had good friends there so they like started chanting fomo <laughs> to, oh like, good have our backs but wow that was yeah that was that's definitely up there so what happened i mean why did that happen the person before us was using a uh, serato so they had their computer ah. plugged in mm, yeah so what and then like the crossfader was on there weirdly so like we thought the song was playing but we put it up and then we cut out the other one and then it was just silent oh man yeah that so that sucks dude that's up there you don't use serato what do you use do you use record box yeah we just use uh usbs so how often does that happen we're pretty good about it ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever since that but it's probably happened like three times in three years so kind of moving from that and going into fomo as the groove so if no one knows what FOMO stands for, I'm not going to be like Brendan and say it's fear of making out, but what does FOMO stand for? It's fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, yeah. which is almost as scary as a fear of making out. So with fear of missing out, what are you afraid of missing out on? You know what I mean? Why, why that kind of name? Why is it so strong that you would create an entire brand around it? It originally started like we all lived together in a fraternity in college. And we'd have like, this was like right when like group messaging and stuff was coming out. And we we're like a super close knit group of friends. And it's just whenever any of us wasn't at whatever like social event was going on, you just get that stress of like all your friends having fun and stuff like that. So I, would, I wouldn't say like we based our name off that, but it was kind of around that time when it's like the whole like concept of just having fun and not being there is like, you want to be there, you know? What do you feel like has been one of the big things in your life that you have missed out on? but you, you know, you wish you could go back and partake of, so to say. Well, I do, we do work a lot now, so we're missing a lot of things, but it's going to be worth it. But, um, I'm not sure if there's a single most single thing that sticks out. It's just like whenever your friends are doing something without you and you're just like, ah, get that stress. You feel like, you feel like right now you are missing out on a lot, but you're okay with it because it's going to be worth that you're working towards something now. So what is that thing that you're working towards now that's worth missing out on things? Just being like fully independent from like music and stuff like that. It's either me working at my real job or me working on music. That's pretty much all I do. What do you do for a real job? I have like an executive assistant job. So I just like help out these guys that recently started a business. They just like whatever, like setting up meetings or stuff like that. Just like random stuff. And it's nice because I could do it whenever how is it truly to be in a duo down to the like the nuts and bolts of it all like how is it do you enjoy doing it yeah i, I mean yeah so it's kind of it was it's a unique situation with us because we we started everything together like we started from ground zero together which usually isn't the case usually people like meet someone they want to do everything with but so like we we learned with like notes on the keyboard were together so it's just been fun to just grow entirely from the ground up and just have fun together. And it's just cool to have somebody with you the whole time. Are you kind of at a point now where you don't know how you could you could grow without him kind of a thing? It's just kind of like you've been there growing the whole time together? Well, right currently, um, he's still in San Diego, but I'm in LA. So it's we're like kind of doing our own thing right now. So it'll be interesting to see like 
well, like we still see each other like every week, but it's, it's interesting to see like the overlap and stuff like that. Cause now it's kind of just, we get inspired from different things and we're like practicing different things, seeing different YouTube videos and stuff like that. You still go back to San Diego quite often because you do perform at Omnia, right? Yeah. So we play there pretty much every other week. And then this weekend we have, uh, there's a festival called Kaboo Festival in San Diego that we're at too. So if you knew that, you know, you're, you're going to be playing every other week at Omnia and doing festivals and whatnot, why, why the move to Los Angeles? So there's not a lot of people that like produce very seriously or not a lot that we've met down in San Diego. So I kind of just moved up here to like make musical or musical friends, <laughs> music yeah. friends. But it's like the easiest way to get better at something is to just have friends that just do the same thing as you. So I just moved up here to like make friends and work with people. Is Garrett going to be following you here soon? Yeah, when it makes sense for him, he's going to come up here too. That's awesome. So tell me about Omnia. How did you get involved with that all? Because that's that's a pretty sick gig you guys got going on. Um, so it originally started, there's this club called Basement in San Diego. And this, it's kind of crazy how this all happened. But we just sent like a random email one day, one of the like promoters and said like, look, we'll bring, I think we... We said we'll bring like 50 people or something and then can we play at your club we didn't get the headline we got to like open up for the main act and they're pretty good at like promoting local artists there so if anyone's listening from san diego that's a good place to hit up if you want to play shows yeah so we ended up playing there and we brought like 330 people or something like ridiculous yeah just because we were in a fraternity at san diego state so we just, we just knew everyone we just got the attention of a guy who was like a promoter in the area and then we just played there a couple for like six or eight months and then since he had been doing everything in san diego or promoting all the events in san diego for like a while he got us into omnia and we played like a 45 minute set or something and it was terrible the two clubs are very different. Like Omni is more like commercial and like pop poppy kind of club or not like pop music, but like more radio stuff mixed with dance music and stuff like that. And we just played like a bass heavy set at like the first hour of the club opening. And it was musically it went bad, but the like coordinator there really liked us. And then we just built a relationship with him. He likes us. So we keep on playing. I loved what you were saying because you brought up really two important things, two important things that took me quite a while to understand. So if you were to hit up the people at Basement, and you wouldn't have said, we can bring at least 50 people. Do you think they would have let you come in? Or is it because you brought value to the table that they're like, hey, come on in? Definitely the always bring value to the table if you're ever proposing anything to anyone ever, especially with like now a lot of people are hitting us for like hitting us up for collabs and stuff like that. You only get like one shot to like get attention from whatever person you're hitting up. So make sure like if you're asking for a collab, like don't just ask for a collab because you're not coming unless you're like on the same echelon as the person like come at that or like you already have a relationship it's different but like if you're like cold emailing someone like if you want to collab with them send them three ideas that are strong ideas so like they have something to listen to because everyone's busy so they like need to see the benefit in it so this whole concept of bringing value to the table is one of like honestly one of the biggest pieces of advice i can give to anyone yeah absolutely if not the biggest, because the biggest, yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because the reason why is because I want to, you know, the, the producers that are listening to this right now, I want you to think about this as a relationship. Okay. Whether it's a friend or a girlfriend or a marriage or whatever, right? The only reason you keep people around that you allow them into your personal space or into, you know, like your personal bubble, so to say, is because they bring value of some sort, right? If Morgan and I had a friend, let's say his name was Jim, okay? And Jim was a meth addict. And Jim always was asking us for money, always wanted to sleep on our couch, and then he'd leave the couch all disgusting. He's bringing sketchy people around our houses and stuff like that. There is literally no value for us, no, not, not only to the point where there's no value, but like it's dangerous. It's literally extracting all the value out of our lives. So I want you as producers to think about that when you are trying to gain a relationship with other producers that you want to collaborate with or owners of clubs that you want to meet and so on and so forth, is that treat it like a relationship. Treat it like you are bringing value to the table in some fashion or not. And if you don't know what value you can bring to the table yet, that's okay. Do some research. Do you know what I mean? You know, even, even just asking them, hey, really love what you're doing. You know, like for example, if I came to Morgan here 
and I wanted to reach out to him and kind of forge a relationship. How would you feel, Morgan, if I came to you and was like, hey, dude, I love what you're doing with FOMO. You sound like X, Y, Z. This is really, really amazing. And, you know, like I really look up to you as a producer and I want to, you know, help you on your journey. You know what I mean? Is there anything that I can do for you? I'm good at these areas, but, you know, is there anything I can do for you? I mean, how that sounds a lot different than people just sitting up and being like, hey, let's collab, bro. Right? Yeah, exactly. Or just like have something to offer if you're good at making sounds like say like or give them sounds or something like that give them like a serum pack or something that you made anything that brings value exactly you know for example do the serum serum pack right if i really if i wanted to get really navy seal if i really wanted to go behind enemy lines and really figure something out what i would do is i would go to uh morgan's Facebook page or do some research, you know, see if there's any interviews by FOMO or whatever, see if there's anything that he says that he likes. So for example, what's a, what's something that you like? It could be like a video game or a cartoon or whatever, you know, what's something that's not music related that you like? Fortnite for sure. Okay. Fortnite. Yeah. So what I would do is I would go and I'd find a bunch of Fortnite PNGs on Google. And then I'd take those PNGs and I'd import them into Serum and make custom Serum wavetables. Right. And then I would hit up Morgan and be like, hey, dude, I know you like Fortnite. Made these custom yeah. Fortnite PNG serum patches. Just thought that you would like it. Boom. You know what I mean? That's unique. That's something yeah. that he likes. It's two things. You like serum, he likes Fortnite. Bam, you put them together. It's just something clever like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And branching yeah. off the Fortnite thing, there's these DJs called Nonsense that are really good. You guys should check them out. But um, I just hit him up on Instagram one day. They were playing Fortnite. And I was just like, yo, what's your guys' username? And then we just started playing Fortnite. And then I got to know them from that. So. No, that's a perfect example. Brendan, who introduced us, uh, Morgan and I, he met, he's met so many people through Fortnite. Uh, just, just things like that in general, where it's like, you know, there's something that a producer or someone that you look up to or that you want to work with does something. Mm-hmm. And so you do your research and you connect with them somehow, yeah. right? Is that, is that kind of the overall concept? Yeah. And if you're friends with someone, you're more likely to work with them. So exactly the other thing that i wanted to bring up so i brought up you know always bringing value to the table and really the the first thing to bringing value to the table is just asking the question what problem do they have what are they struggling with it doesn't have to be a technical thing it's like uh, you know like what problem do they have do they not have enough time to post on their social media so something like that you know just some find a problem and yeah. then fix that problem because you'll be bringing value to the table and people want to want to be friends with yeah. you over and over again so i'd say that what you just said is actually like the most important question to ask at any time ever <laughs> about your life because like to get out of like the nine to, whole nine to five thing or like working off the internet or stuff like that you literally just have to ask the question like what's the problem here and then how can i solve it and then exactly. you're going to make money off of ideas like that. So exactly. 100%. Always ask that question. 100%, man. So the other thing that I want you to think about, or sorry, that, that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you were talking about how you said that you were going to bring 50 people to the club, but you ended up being bringing 300. I can't tell you how smart that was, dude, because that is freaking genius. It is. If you want to thrive in any business or any relationship under promise, and over deliver yeah, yeah, 100% too. of the time, right? Yeah. Because if you would have said, hey, we're going to bring 350 people and then you only bought 300 people, done. Doesn't look that good. Yeah. It doesn't look that good. I mean, he still brought people. We still made us money, but I expected something else. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a clever little trick to do. You know what I mean? So with that, has there been a time in your career besides, you know, you getting the gig at Omni and so on and so forth, maybe more like on a producer to producer kind of level where you brought value to someone and you formed a really, really powerful relationship? Has there ever been a time like that where you've utilized that and was able to grow a relationship? Well, there's been a couple of times when like we hit people, like what I said about collabing and stuff. We always, whenever we ask for a collab, we always send multiple ideas for like the collab. So it's to get the guy like interested in what we're doing, because if you just ask for a collab, it's just like, uh, what do you even do if I don't know you? (laughs) So yeah, definitely just, if you ever want to work with someone, send them strong ideas and make sure they're strong because you might only get one chance at it. Absolutely strong, multiple ideas. Because if we put that into an analogy in some other form of business, you know what I mean? Let's say you had an ice cream shop. And you, you know, you tried to look for collaborators, people to come and buy ice cream from you. How would you feel if you got hit up by an ice cream shop and they're like, hey, we want you to come, come partake of our ice cream. You're like, dope, what kind of ice cream do you got? You're like, well, we don't have any flavors yet. What? You know what I mean? Like that makes makes no sense. Or even if, even if they said, yeah, we only have one flavor. We have chocolate. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's still not that enticing. But if you came and you're like, yeah, we have this assortment of flavors and so on and so forth. And there's all these things that you come in and partake of. Then 
at that point, the person you're asking to come in, like, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so it's the exact same thing if you're trying to collaborate with someone. If Morgan here wanted to reach out to, who's who's a producer that you'd love to collaborate with? Um, Diplo. Okay, Diplo. You wanted to reach out to Diplo. It would be, and I would say if it was Diplo, you better have some solid like 10 ideas. They're basically, they're, they're like yeah. 80% done. You know yeah, what you I mean? Yeah, you gotta have like, a folder of fire for that. Yeah, exactly. A folder of fire. That's really good. Have a folder of fire. They're like 80% done. You got top lines on them. They're fantastic. You already have, you know, things established where three of these songs are going out on uh, Mr. Suicide Sheep and three of these songs are going out on Trap Nation. You know what I mean? You basically, it's the, the work is all done because mm-hmm. then Diplo can come in, basically put, you know, like minimal work on it and get maximum result. And then you can start forming that relationship. So then he starts putting more work into the next project and then it becomes more of a 50-50 kind of thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Especially with people that big. Like you want to make sure you got the, the work done already. Totally. So let me ask you this. If we if we were to look at the totality of your music career what do you feel like has been the absolute hardest thing to overcome or to to kind of grasp to help you on your music career the hardest thing to grasp maybe like your biggest hurdle your biggest challenge or the thing that's kept you up at night the thing that tempted you to quit you know like that kind of thing um i've we've always had the mindset of like whatever it takes so i wouldn't say there's like a thing that was like oh i might quit over it Hmm. i guess it's sometimes just the magnitude of things that that you need to learn to actually be good at this. There was, there's not like a specific thing, but it's, it's just, there's a lot and you have to learn yeah. it all. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That makes sense. And learn, learning from ground zero too is, was pretty frustrating because like, you don't think about how much goes into like, I don't even know what a tran I didn't even know what a transposition was when I first mm. started. And so, so we just had to learn like everything from scratch, which was very difficult. I had to read a lot and yeah. just, yeah. Just, just for fun, for those who don't know what a transposition is, what is that? It's just like notes on the keyboard, like up or down on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The term is mostly used when, you know, if you're going from a key to a key. So if you're transposing from C major to to A sharp major, it just means that you're switching everything down. You're shifting yeah. everything relative to each other. But nonetheless, yeah, that makes sense. So it was, it was more so just the the acquiring of knowledge. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just like the magnitude of everything it means to like be a music producer is just a lot sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. How much yeah. do you feel like, you know, if you, if we could see like all the information that could be absorbed about music production as like basically, right? So 0%, 100%, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you would have to fall on that line as far as percentage wise to be able to really launch a successful career? You know, like, is it 50%? Is it 10%? You know what I mean? Like, where do you feel like you'd have to fall on that line in order to be like, yeah, I can actually stand my ground now. Depending on your situation, I'd always say try to get as high as you can before you start. Mm -hmm. I'd say 65, you could start getting like a solid project going. Cool. Because you don't have to know everything. You just have to be good at a couple things Yeah, to have a good project. No, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So is that where you feel like you're at right now is about 65%? I'd say we're probably at like 75-ish, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. We, we, started from ze- like we started from zero. So it was like, like we, we were posting stuff from like a couple months after we started just because you kind of could do that and get away with yeah. it like a couple totally. years ago. Totally, totally. But now it's, it's a little different. And I would, I would even say that, you know, in order to get to that 75%, you do have to kind of, how do I say, act like you're at 75%. You still, you know, like you need to create a brand. You need to be posting. Even if you don't know what you're doing, it's so much better to get it started than to get it perfect. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. And definitely like focus on that. That stuff's all important. Like social media and stuff is important, but make sure you're focusing on for a music producer, obviously making music as much as you can first. And then like, if you have enough time, then do everything else. What I do now is I wake up around like five 30 in the morning and I just go six hours straight on making music. Like no matter what, nice. nice. there's a book called, I don't know. Have you read the one thing? I've heard of it, but I've never, I've never read it before. And reading is really important too if you want to get reading. good at stuff like this. We always like we read the Ableton manual, Serum manual, but there's this book called The One Thing, and it just talks about like what it is that's going to make you who you want to be. And for if you're trying to be like a touring artist, like what's going to represent you is your music. So you need to be making music as much as you can. So for us, it's just like wake up, make music for around six hours, and then worry about like social media and stuff after that. I completely agree. I love that. And I think it's important to know 
you know, we've heard from many different sources. I'm sure you've heard from many different sources that, oh, in order to, to make it in the industry, in order to make it as a music producer, man, you should be producing like 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day. But I mean, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense because you're going to get burned out really, really fast. And consistency, small amounts of consistency is way more powerful. It's way more powerful than inconsistent huge amounts. For example, it is so much better to produce for two hours a day, five days a week, than produce 10 hours a day for one day a week. Yeah, just, just yeah, the amount of stuff that you retain just through like sleeping on it or just like, mm-hmm. yeah, from doing it every day is just incredible. For those who are tuning in, really, it's 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 the key to success, no matter what it is. You know, if you want to be a producer, that's awesome. If you want to get good at making sweaters, that's awesome too. It's just consistency. Small amounts of consistency is going to absolutely change everything. Song Call just asked a question. What's your take on the dominant names helping upcoming artists in the current scene? A lot of the time, if there's a bigger guy helping a smaller dude, it's not that he's not skilled. It's that the guy is really skilled and they want to see the brand uh, build to where it should be. It's not It's not them helping somebody that's not good yet. They're usually just like they have fire, but they just don't yeah. have followers. That's so true. That's yeah. so true because... Yeah, if you if you get to a point where like financially or, or growth wise you're in a place that you really really like, it's almost second nature to want to give back, yeah, right, or to to, to teach to help people that are going. And you'll be surprised situations. by how many people are willing to help you if you've put in the work already. Like producers like talking to producers, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel about living in Los Angeles right now? Do you feel like that's helped you a lot along your journey? Um, so I've been here for eight weeks now, so I'm like. Mm-hmm just now like getting set up, settled in and stuff like that. But For sure. I'm definitely making the connections I thought I was going to make. And it's it's nice because I'm close to, like LA is where music is. So it's nice Indeed. to be close to everything. Indeed. So you, you personally, you're kind of more the person where you desire to be in the physical location where all of that is going on as opposed to gaining relationships online, so to say. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do it online, but it's just you're way more likely to make a stronger connection with someone if you're actually seeing them in person. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes sense. So kind of switching gears a little bit right now. What is the deepest thought that you've had in the last year? So this is this is really deep into like production and stuff. So I've thought about what if I could organize all the sounds that are in, that I consider like my best sounds, even like 808 lines drum patterns and stuff like that and put it into the DAW in a way that I don't even have to, like it would randomly generate music based on sounds I already knew were good. What? So if you put like a hundred bass shots that you knew were good into like a drum rack or whatever, and you use the random MIDI effect and you had some, I would have to think of the way you, you would do it arrangement wise. Maybe you mm-hmm. could have it, you could have a rack, you could have like the MIDI already there and then have a rack with different type of sounds. So you could just put them like in the arrangement, but sometimes it flips to a different sound, like a chord stab or a bass uh-huh, shot or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And then you just let the computer run and make the music for you based off stuff that you already know oh is good. Oh my gosh. I, I have something that I think you're going to love because I've seen people do it before. It's so smart, dude. And the results are amazing. Do you know who Kermode is? I do. Okay. Have you seen him do that before? Yeah, I've seen I've seen him do um the like the random thing where like random drum fills and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. So so is that kind of what you're talking about like in that kind of space? Yeah, yeah. A list of principles that I like associate with music production written down. And mm-hmm. one of them is just like ask yourself how you can make the computer do it for you. And if I think there's a way that you could just make it entirely make a track for you or at least make a cool idea. That's amazing, dude. looks yeah. like a uh, balsa said that flume did that with skin. That's so crazy. Did you know that? Um, yeah, I think he just did it with melody. Like he just let the melody run for, or oh, so, with something with melody, I think is what I heard. And he just let it run for like 10 minutes because he was like super uninspired, which is also a good idea. Oh, that, that is absolutely amazing. So is there any other deep thoughts that you want to share with everyone? If another one comes up, I'll let you know. There's plenty of stuff to talk about, and I feel like we'll get to a totally. different one. But that, I think that's my deepest one. That's awesome. That's still really, yeah. really amazing. So, you know, from you coming in doing this 
this interview, if there is one question that you wanted me to ask, you're like, Wyatt, that's a question. I freaking love that question. What would be that one? How did you get good at music production? Good. Morgan Bungess, how did you get good at music production? So our biggest thing when we first started was like, build a strong foundation. So I think like reading, reading all the manuals is definitely going to take you to where you want to be faster. And a big concept we like rely on is teaching yourself like a teacher would. A big thing we did when we first started was we like read a section about an effect in Ableton and then go inside of Ableton and map out all the parameters and fill up a macro thing within an audio effect rack and then use it on whatever sound. So you'd have, you have to like apply the knowledge directly after that. And then just like reading in general about how to get good at things is, is a good way to do it. And then doing it every day, even if it's just a little bit every day. Absolutely. And that's absolutely amazing. So another question I have for you is, you know, what is the big goal of all this, you know, like why, why music, why music production? Why, why everything? I just, for us, it was just the most inspiring thing in the world. So mm-hmm. like when we started, it was like, right when we started going to like festivals and stuff like that. And to me, that was the most inspiring thing that I had ever come in contact with in my entire life. So I was like, why don't we just do what inspires us the most with our life? And then the big goal is to just, just push the boundaries as far as I could go and make stuff that inspires us. That's awesome. Yeah. So at the core of everything is from, from what you're saying is the, the core of everything is just purely inspiration based, right? It's just yeah. something that inspires you. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So when you would go to these different festivals and whatnot, you know, like what about it inspired you? Was it the, the visuals? Was it just the, the bass hitting you in the chest? You know, like what about it was like, man, this is just wow. It's just like the whole experience. Like visuals are crazy. Mm-hmm. You're there with your friends music's crazy yeah it's just the entire thing that's awesome man so how big so to say do you want to grow in order to feel like you've accomplished your goals we are both really competitive so i think we'll go as far as like we're we like to push the limits as much as they can be pushed so i think like i'll be happy once i don't have to like work a normal job and stuff like that but i just think just the mindset I have is just like, go as far as we can go. So we'll just, we'll see where that is. Totally. That makes sense. Like I'll be, I'll be happy to make music every day and have enough money to just like live and stuff. Like I'm not searching for money or anything like that. But I I also like to push the limits. And if you push the limits, you're going to make a good product and stuff like that. I agree. I kind of feel like that's a very important trait to have when you, at least, you know, like when you're coming into an artistic field like this is that, you're not getting in it for money. You do want the money, but you want the money for good purposes. You want it so that you can eat and yeah. that you can pay bills and so that you can focus on the more important things. I mean, that's certainly what I want for really like the in the dog behind the dog Patreon and everything like that is just so like I want that money so that I can focus more on this and keep yeah. growing this and keep providing this resource to everybody. And so I'm assuming that's the same, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like I want more money to like inspire people more. Exactly. Like to build on the, it takes a lot of money to put on a show and stuff like that. And if you need more money to put on a show that's going to inspire a hundred thousand people, like you're going to need a fair amount of money to do that. So, yeah. exactly. Looks it looks like a Balsa commented on, and he said, also a big thing that I've been uh, starting doing is watching in the Daw while being in the Daw. That is amazing <laughs> and an inceptionist, and I love it. Which brings me to my next question, dude. Like, how does it feel? To, to be watching in the DAW for so long and, and just getting into behind the DAW now, you've, you've been on the shows and, and everything like that. Like, how, how is it? This is definitely like one of the top three craziest things that's happened to us because it was literally just like, if we, I was talking to Garrett about this the other day. I was like, if you'd have told me at the beginning of summer that you're going to be in the, in the DAW at the end of summer, I would have said like, bull crap. But yeah. here we are. And yeah, we've seen, oh, another thing with getting good at whatever is having like a good YouTube layout because a big way to get good at things is just have mentors and like you might, I might not be able to like meet you in person and have you teach me stuff, but it's the same as being on YouTube and me talking to you. So like we have a very organized YouTube subscription thing and like utilize the watch later and stuff like that. Just watching good videos. I love that dude. And I want to inquire more about that. So like, let's say that you wanted to learn more about what's, what's a recent subject that you wanted to learn more about pertaining to music production theory stuff that's more like because you you know how there's like 
scales that are considered spooky or like mm-hmm. Egyptian yep. and stuff like yep. that. I feel mm-hmm. like there's not a very good educational channel to like teach you more about what sounds like what. It's just like mm-hmm. you could search for advanced theory and stuff, but it doesn't really pertain a lot to what I'm doing. So I'm like trying to figure out how to learn more about theory in a way that makes sense to what I'm doing. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So like, let's, let's take that exact thought right now. So you want to, you want to learn more about, you know, theory as far as modes and scales and whatnot to, to evoke certain emotions, right? Can we yeah. put that in that, in that yeah. sentence? Cool. So with that goal in mind, how would you utilize, like what would be your process of going to YouTube and finding things and organizing them, so so to speak, so that you can learn what you need to learn. I guess my first thing would just be to type in theory for music producers. I've I've done this and it's like getting more complicated. Yeah, just type in type in what you're trying to learn on the search thing, and then try mm-hmm. to find the best video, and then like subscribe to that or whatever, and then go to always go to the related channels because they're going to be related, and then you could find other channels through stuff like that. I love it. I love it. And do you, is, is YouTube your main source of that or do you have other sources that you go and search for? Manuals, obviously YouTube, there's like somatic stuff is really good for learning anywhere. You could find a project template. Yeah, absolutely. Or Ableton project. Yeah. Ableton pro anywhere you could get an Ableton project that you could take apart because that's where they, they, like the answers to the tests are in there. So just learn those. Yeah, absolutely. And Um, I would, I would even take that a little bit further and say, you know, I learned this, I'm, I'm getting my degree right now in internet marketing. And so one of the big things about the degree is learning, you know, like research is what we're talking about right now is the research to go and partake of it. So there's primary research, which is you doing the research yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So like you going collecting data, so on and so forth, right? And then there's secondary research and secondary research to me has been where I found the most value is because you're utilizing other people's research, right? You're utilizing things that people have already done. So you talking about going on to YouTube and searching, you know, like looking at videos that people have made about a certain subject, that secondary research, because you're partaking of something that someone else has done. Mm-hmm. And, but that is so powerful yeah. to be able to learn so many different things. And also to, to kind of strip back some of the details of what you, of what you're trying to search in order to find something else. So I know that sounds really confusing, so I'll give you an example. So for example, you know, how you said you wanted to learn more about music theory. So you searched music theory for producers. What if we remove the the for producers part? You know what I mean? What if we just wanted to learn music theory? And so you're like, hey, uh, how to use music theory to evoke a Halloween type mm-hmm. feeling, right? If you type that into Google, go to the video section, or you look at, you know, just the normal section to see if there's, you know, is there a website? Is there an article? Is there a TED talk? Is there, you know, like all that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. that you strip back one detail, make it a little bit more broad and see if someone else has talked about it in a different scenario. So yeah. one of the things that I've done to be able to do that is, is, is you're absolutely right. I usually, I would go to Google and be like, question, for music producers or subject for music producers. But I've been removing that for music producers for a while. And it's been really, really beneficial. It's like, so for example, so if you went to YouTube right now and you typed in social media marketing for music producers, I'm sure there's going to be stuff. Yeah. But what I've been doing is like, maybe strip back the for producers part and see what other people are doing and see if I can apply it to me. I'll tell you what, dude, like that alone, that has been powerful and yeah. that's brought me on to some really, really powerful podcasts. By the way, if you guys want to know more about that social media marketing podcast, talk show, something, anyways, it's really, really good. It keeps it up to date on all the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. It's it's so powerful. So, so powerful. Also, if you want to m- learn more about like entrepreneurs and stuff like that, Entrepreneurs on Fire is an amazing podcast. I listen to that all the time. I apply so many concepts to it, to my thing. But anyways, totally off on a tangent. That was my bad, man. <laughs> but it was important. So you would go, you would find it, you'd find the video of the subject that you want to learn about. And then would you put it in a playlist, watch later? Like how do you organize yourself that way? Yeah, I just do watch later. But like um, we've kind of transitioned to, I I forget what it was that said this practice, but now it's kind of, we'll only do tutorials when we get to a point where we need them which I, I don't recommend to do when it's early on, when it's, when you first start, I recommend like looking at as many as you can. Like we've watched every in the DAW, every, every channel you could probably think of. We probably watch every video. Cause like you have the, 
you have a lot to learn and not a lot of things to practice when you first start, but still practice them. But yeah, Absolutely. so the usual strategy is like if we're writing a song and say we get it stuck, then we go to tutorials. So we're not just looking at tutorials. It's just like directly correlated to what we're working on. 100%. And yeah. really quick, Balsa just a hit. He says, you should really check out the Signals Music Studio YouTube channel. You ever heard of that before? Signal? I have not. No. I haven't either. That sounds really, really awesome. He really goes deep into evoking emotions with music. Boom. What was that one? Signal? Signal Signals Music Studio. That's pretty cool. That, that is a dope resource. Freaking balls of bringing value to the table. This is exactly what we were talking about earlier. So thank you, man. Really, really appreciate that. So yeah, you might want to check that out. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so just just as a quick question, this does definitely does not need to be included. Um, but like, is there any other like subjects that you really, really want to talk about? Like something that you're like, man, this, this is the time I really want to talk about this. There definitely is. But there definitely is. Uh, let's come back to that. I'll think of it as we go. Cool, man. So it's more of a technical question. It completely just applies to today. So in about one minute, they're about to start the new the new Apple event where they talk about like all the new devices that are coming out the new phones on laptops. oh is that really today that's literally in less than 60 seconds it's gonna start. oh wow yeah that's it's important cool. yeah so if you could like as a as a music producer like if you could have something crafted you know some kind of technological something or another that could just help you so much in your music production journey like what would be that one thing that's like this is a game changer you know what i mean whether it's like software hardware or something like that it's just like what is this this is amazing I like things that are random. Okay. So I guess I say just any random plugin in general, I think is really good or anything like, like something that, Oh yeah. Let's just say just anything that produces results randomly because it's just, it'll make things that you wouldn't probably have done. And then you can learn from what it's doing. Like I just downloaded a bunch of glitch machines plugins Ah, nice. And they, yeah, they make crazy sounds. And then you could, I just put like a, a single tone, uh, like the root note of a song and just, just let it do whatever random thing. And then I go back and study what like it's random processes were. Yeah. So there's just a lot to learn from random randomness. That's, that's absolutely amazing. And yeah. have you, uh, do you have all the native instrument stuff? I have complete. Okay. So, cool. yeah, that's everything, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. inside of, uh, Oh, what is it? Inside of Reactor, do you use Reactor very much? I do not. We actually don't use in anything on there that much. Oh, dude, Reactor is stupid powerful. The, the reason why is because they have a, a. It's so weird how they have it set up. It's like it's like a device inside of instead of it's like a plugin in a plugin. It's really weird mm -hmm. how they have that set up. But basically, there's this this instrument inside of Reactor. It's called Scroll, I think it's called. But it's exactly what you're talking about. Like it's hyper random. Like no one really knows how it works because it's so random. And then you know, like you twist a knob and it creates a certain sound and it's just like, it's so crazy. So if you're su it's like super into random, mm -hmm. scroll, I think it's like S K R E W L. It's something really weird like that. So mm -hmm. if you want, I can send you a tutorial. It's freaking amazing. Oh, I think um, I got something we could yeah. on the other thing that we just talked about what I want to talk about. Um, I guess like writing, getting out of your DAW and writing about your music and like getting stuck and stuff like that. So it's before we even start, I think we, we went over this in, in the DAW, but before we even start writing music, we like write thoughts or like keywords about our music. So just so we like have our thoughts down on paper already, because totally. you could get stuck just like writing forever and not really thinking about what you're doing and just wasting a ton of time. Like, especially with writer's block, like you could just be stuck there trying random stuff and never getting a result result where if you like, so a big thing with, um, having like actionable, an actionable plan is just like when you get writer's block, it's having you write down by the end of the day, have three different ideas or versions of what you could do. So then you stop like messing around and mm -hmm. thinking about how to actually solve your problem instead of like trying to guess it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. So we, totally. so I, ev like we journal a lot just about what happened, what worked and what didn't and stuff like that. So just, yeah, whenever you get stuck, think about what you're stuck on and then yeah. actually think about it and then come back in the DAW instead of oh. trying to do things randomly. I absolutely love that. I learned this when I was going to Icon um, from one of my teachers. It gave me an analogy. Have you ever heard about the analogy of the, the two kids that need to cut down a tree with an ax? I don't think so. 
This is a really good analogy and I highly encourage anyone to take notes on this because it's so powerful. So what it is, is, you know, like, let's say that you and I were out in the forest and there are employers like, Hey guys, here's two axes, uh, cut down these trees. Whoever cuts down the tree first gets paid basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll be the bad guy. I, you know, just, I'm like, all right, let's do this. And so I just start the ax. It kind of sucks. It's kind of broken a little bit. It's dull, you know, it's whatever. But I just start going. I just start cutting into that tree. I'm just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You are the smart one. You look at it. You see that the handle could be fixed. It could be sharpened up. And you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to prepare for this. So you go back home, which is an hour drive. You go back home. You fix the handle. You know, you sharpen it up, which takes another hour, and then you drive back. So that's three hours. You haven't even started cutting into the tree yet, right? Mm -hmm. You've just prepared. You've just been doing preparing. You get back, and I'm three quarters of the way done. I only got a quarter left, right? And I'm like, what is he doing? He left. He did, there's no way. But because you took the time, you fixed the handle, you sharpened the axe, now you can just destroy this thing. 20 minutes, you're done. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You go, 20, you prepared, you're done. And so the, the concept is this, is that preparing even though paradoxically it seems like it's taking you away from the task that you're supposed to do, but by preparing in the end, in the long term, it's going to save you a hilarious amount of time and effort and energy. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, man. When you were, when you were telling me about that and in the doll, when you were, when you're saying you go and you write all the things down that you want to encapsulate inside of that song, I'm like, sky, sky knows, man. Like, yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's absolutely amazing. So thinking about that, that right there, that concept of how you guys prepare to make music and so on and so forth, like what would you say to the producers that are more like, I'm just a free bird. I just like to create. I just like, you know, I like to be random at this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you say to them? If it works, it works, but you'll save time. So like one part of our process is like writing down our thoughts and then we'll go to splice and like type in like keywords to find like samples that resonate with our ideas. Mm -hmm. And like just from doing that, you'll have a sample that like just already solves a problem for you or writes half the drop for you. And then exactly. from there, I mean, you're, you're free to do whatever other creative things you need to do with the, the rest of the track. It sounds like the answer that you're giving is, do you want it to work or do you want it to work in a timely manner? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you also uh, like, depending on like your creative style, you still need to like have goals and reach them. And time is, turns out to be very important for reaching so goals. Important. Yeah. So important. It's, it's one of the key ingredients. No, yeah. That, that absolutely makes sense. We're coming to the end of our session, which is very sad because this, this has been really, really good, man. This, yeah, this, this is fun. Very impressed with you and with the depth that you've brought to the table. So I'm going to bring one last deep question to the table for you. So basically, you know, and I, I don't ask this with everyone, but you seem like you would have a really good, sincere answer with it. So the question I got for you is, you know, the question that I have for you is um, if you were able to sit down with a higher spiritual being, right? In this instance, we'll call him God. Mm -hmm. So if you were able to sit down with God and you were to and you were able to ask God one question that you know that you would receive the answer to, but it's only one question. There's no follow-up questions, right? So you only get one chance to ask one question that you know that he will answer. What would that question be? In a sincere sense, because everyone loves to make jokes with this, but like yeah. sincerely, like what would you ask that you're like, it's one of the deepest desires of your heart? Why? Why? Why did, why did why? you do it? why life all right why life yeah why existence i feel like why is always the strongest question out of all of them like especially for us we always try to and everything we do is just why just so you like there's i think there's a saying called find your why with like music production mm -hmm. just so like your goals are always clear along the way but just like finding out what the why is is like the deepest question of all i feel like i like that and so up to all of the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained up to this stage in your life, what do you feel like the answer would be? Oh, wow. <laughs> you get a mental workout for coming on the show, man. I don't think I know. I think that's why yeah. I have the question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of the common answers that, that I've heard when I've asked that question is, you know, why, 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 you know, like why all that is, is basically like most of, most of the answers have been like artistic related where it's like, God is the ultimate creator. Mm -hmm. And so him creating humanity or the earth or all that kind of stuff 
was an action of creation and creating for creation's sake. Another uh, common answer is that the ultimate goal is family, is connection, is that kind of a thing. And so he created us, his children, and so on and so forth. You know, that kind of, those are very, very common ones. I mean, what's your take on that? I think that's probably right to create. Yeah. To create. I, I just feel like somebody at that level would say some stuff that would just blow your mind. Yeah, it's so true, man. It's de that's definitely part of the answer for sure. Just because it's cool to see what happens just like with yeah, music yeah it's just yeah. cool to see what happens there's there's definitely something godlike when it comes to creation even if it's something seemingly insignificant as a song you know compared yeah. to compared to creating an entire universe mm -hmm. yeah something seemingly insignificant as a song there's still something creation in any form that just speaks to the deepest part of us mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah because you're just making bringing something into fruition that doesn't exist like the song, yeah. when you write a song, it just wasn't there, and now it's there. Man, that is so deep. Yeah. Man. The most important question, my friend. Did you have a good time coming on the show? Yeah. Yeah! Oh, yeah, man. Is there anything that we could have done to make this interview better for you? No. That was, that was all good with me. All right, man. That sounds good. So thank you so much to Morgan Bungis for coming on. He is 0. 0.5 of... FOMO. Fear of missing out. Not fear of making out. Dang it, Brandon, you got that stuck in my head. Anyways, fear <laughs> of missing out. Does it make you mad when people say fear of making out? No, I like what everyone yeah. thinks of any, what any, or totally, <laughs> anything. Totally. That's funny. Perfect, man. All right. All right, man. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this on the live stream. If you have any questions for Morgan here, please put them in the comments or direct message him, preferably on Instagram, correct? Instagram, yeah. Yeah, preferably on Instagram. Or Twitter. Twitter's cool. Or Twitter. And if you have any questions for me, any comments, concerns, needs for therapy, whatever you need, hit me up. You can hit me up here. You can hit me up on the email, wherever you guys want. Make sure to check out that Patreon. The community is amazing there, and it helps us keep doing amazing interviews like this. So with that being said, thank you for coming Behind the Dot, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. We really hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the questions that we asked or would you have liked to hear different ones? If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcast related app, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, make sure to like, comment, and follow. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Daw.